I'll tell you, folks, this next gentleman comes from Brooklyn, okay? And I guess the best way to describe him is to say he's the typical boy next door. All right, here we go. Say hello to Andrew Dice Clay, okay? Here we go. Now. Hey, Andrew, hey. Well, Miss Muffet sat on a toffee, eating a curds and whey. Long came a spidey, sat down beside He said, hey, what's in the bowl? Oh! Real Rock 99.3, it's Iceberg in the Morning. I had the privilege this week to have a phone conversation and interview legendary comic and actor Andrew Dice Clay. The Dice Man cometh to N2O Comedy in Cape Girardeau. Laughing Gas is open, and they're bringing in the Dice Man. Tonight, tomorrow, and Saturday. I'm going to tell you right now, Friday and Saturday are sold out. There are still tickets available for tonight's show. And be listening after the interview. I'm going to be giving away a pair of tickets to your choice of either Thursday, Friday, or Saturday. You can get your tickets now at n2ocomedy.com slash shows. you got to be 21 to win. We'll talk about that later. Let's dig in with the Dice Man. A very nice human actor and comedian extraordinaire, Andrew Dice Clay. Darren. Good morning. How are you? It's nice. You know, I'm doing okay. I, I'm doing all right. How are you today? I'm very good. Let me first say, okay, I'm, I'm right on the backside of 48. I threw out the question to my social media friends and, and friends from real life so forth, but I was like, if you got 20 seconds in an elevator with Andrew Dice Clay, what would you do? What would you say to the Dice Man? And boom, right off the bat, there was my fellow deviant children from, you know, the late 80s and 90s throwing out the hickory dickory docks and hitting all the triggers, you know, and to me... You were a part of a lot of our secrets as kids, right? It was an era of uh-huh. there was harsh censorship. You had parental advisory stuff hitting everybody on the media. You had two live crew being arrested in Broward County. We were, you know, and here's us guys, 15-year-old kids in the Midwest trading. Wow, you know a lot about this stuff. It's pretty good. And we're trading ear tapes and, and Sam Kennison stuff and Eddie Murphy stuff and trying not to get busted by our parents. And it, there was a lot of pressure on you then, you know. How did you survive those those media tar pits back in the day? You know what? I, you know, right now, actually, there was a – I'm in the middle of filming uh, the big dice documentary that people came to me to do. So I have to answer all these things. So that's why I'm saying I'm pretty good with what you're asking me. But – you know, I'm just the type of guy that, I mean, it bothered me. It all bothered me because every day you wake up, there's either something about you on television, there's something about you on radio, there's something written about you, you're on the cover of something. And I'm going, they're giving me more press than OJ at the time. You know, I remember talking to my family going, I'm just a comedian. No matter how you, no matter how you put it. But, you know, I always talk about this. Being the first of anything mm-hmm. gets the media crazy. There's a lot to write about. You know, I followed people growing up like Elvis, like the Beatles, like Muhammad Ali, like the biggest of the big. So when it happened to me, it's like you just have to power forward. Right. You know, you have to just, you know, it's that whole Rocky, you get knocked down, you get up. And that's how I would handle it. And then the next thing you know, because at that time I was doing about 80,000 people a week right. in arenas around the, the country. I did over 300 of those kind of arenas in, I don't know, five years' time. It's, it's just a lot of pressure when the media keeps taking shots at you. And I'm going, I'm just a comic. Yeah. You almost start feeling like, 
am I really doing something wrong? But I wasn't doing something wrong. I was pressing a button on what was going on in the world at that time, as far as attitudes of men, attitudes of women, attitudes of the gay community, because that's when they started coming out. And and it was all in joke form. It's just, if you don't talk about people, you got nothing to talk about. And that's why, you know, even today, you know, when I'm talking about the pandemical and, you know, when they told us just stay in and, you know, you get the jokes of going, you know, when you talk and people go, oh, I miss seeing people. And I'm like, yeah, I don't, <laughs> you know, because the minute people got out in the street again, which they are now, you see what they are. You know, whether it's somebody cutting you off in a lane when you're driving or just being in the grocery and they bang into you and nobody says, excuse me. So on stage, I love to make fun of all that stuff. Yeah. You know, the people running around, oh, toilet paper, paper towels. Yeah, come on. Right. You know, there's a lot of jokes there, you know, so but that's what's going on today. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's the stuff I talk about today. It's more self-deprecating, you know, getting older, going to the doctors, all that. When years ago, you know, you go in the groceries to try to pick up chicks, and now you go in the groceries that are close to hospitals to try to get a doctor's cell number. Right. <laughs> you know I mean? I'm just saying, so back then, Dice was more hardcore because... Oh, yeah. It was that age of the, just the one-night stands, and, you know, even when age hit, nobody stopped doing what they were doing. It's just a fact. Yeah. As that kind of, you know, I am from Brooklyn. I do have a, a, a badass attitude like that. On stage, I had my job to do, which is making people laugh at themselves, Yep. which is what it still is. And, of course, I'll still give them, like, the poems and, you know, the hits of how they got to know me. Yep. You know, that signature piece is you know, probably one of the most signature pieces. You know, it's, like, famous, that piece. Sure. So I don't like to leave crowds without doing that for them because they still love doing it with me. You know, which is amazing to me because I'll even make fun and go, you know, it's not like we're kids and we could even make an excuse anymore. Right. You know? Right. Just funny. And we know the old jokes, right? And I mean, you know, that's the, the Dice Man primer. And so, you mm-hmm. know, that was going to, you know, one thing I was going to ask is how the pandemic hampered things for you. But it sounds like you were able to take all of the stupidity we dealt with for the last two years and really turn that into some some comedy gold. Oh, no, I'm, I'm t- I don't want to do it on the, the air, which I shouldn't, because then more come see me, you know. But, right. you know, I love doing it, and I love when, you know, I meet some people, and they go, you know what, you haven't missed a step. You're better than you ever were type of thing. Yeah. But, you know, part of my attitude has always been the real side of me that is for real, because I've been getting questions about this in the documentary, who's Angel, who's Dice. The two are the same, really. Yeah. But it's not the thought pattern. Like, you know, like when I would do, you know, here's my impression of the one night stand. Oh, get out. You know, (laughs) that really wasn't me. Right. You know, I've always been in very long term relationships. Yeah. But I'm allowed, you know, Lenny Bruce said it years ago. This is not an original line. He said it's pointing a mirror at the public. That's what a comic needs to do. You just point a mirror at the public. You just say 
what people do and say. And when people could relate to what you're saying on stage in a twisted way, they laugh. Yeah. So, you know, that's also why I don't like, you know, I've sort of been grandfathered in, you know, with the whole cancel culture thing because I sort of went through it alone. Mm-hmm. You know, only they didn't call it cancel culture, you know, 30 years ago or whatever. But I was alone with it. And it's not like I had a million comics. Like today, if a comic gets in trouble, everybody, all the other comics rally for the guy or the girl. Right. You know what I mean? Back then, the comics were even coming after me because I was the first to become what you would call a rock star comic and, you know, did all the arenas. Right. You know, I, you know, I, w- I did the Rose Bowl with Guns N' Roses to 100 and I think 4,000 people. You know, I did the biggest things in the world. Well, you sold out and, Madison Square Garden two nights in a row. First comic to do that. Yes. And that was my 21st and 22nd arena show. Wasn't even my first one. Yeah. My first one was Nassau Coliseum. I mean, I, I went around and around the country. I did them all. Every, every, just, oh, I did over 300. You know, I did over 12 million people in, you know, five year span. It's amazing that when, it, you know, they never let go of the press. Like, even, you know, five years after the MTV thing, you know, they're uh-huh. still going banned from MTV. The more they say I was banned, the better I did. It, it, there was no end to that. Right. And, of course, now I'm not banned from MTV. When I did Entourage, they brought me back on. It's Real Rock 99.3 and Iceberg in the Morning. That's Andrew Dice Clay. Segment one, we're going to have more conversation with him in just a little bit and your chance at winning tickets coming up when that EBOMD ticket window opens after the second part of the interview. Stick around for that. Get your tickets at n2ocomedy.com slash shows for tonight's show. That's the only one with tickets remaining. Stick around. More of everything rock coming up. It's Real Rock 99.3.